there are so many things that we're trying to accomplish in life, so many goals, and it is absolutely beautiful to be able to see people who are out here winning, who are chasing their goals, and they're coming up, they're starting businesses, they're writing books, they're getting degrees, they're getting all these accolades, they're getting promotions on the job. But sometimes, in the course of chasing dreams and laying the foundation for a better life, we get stuff twisted. You know, sometimes we forget why we're really here because we're all caught up in all these things. We, we lose sight of the bottom line when it comes to life. And some of you may say, well, I ain't even found my purpose yet. I'm still trying to figure out what the bottom line is when it comes to life. And that's okay because today, we're going to listen to the wise man Solomon from the book of Ecclesiastes. And we're going to talk about what's the bottom line coming up next on The Trifle Ones. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. That is Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. And it says this, Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Two points. The first of those is we should know the crux of the matter. We should know the crux of the matter. Verse 13 says, now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. So what we're hearing here, he says, uh, this is a final bit of advice. This is the conclusion of the matter. This is the crux of what we need to know. The book of Ecclesiastes was written by Solomon, and many people, many scholars believe it was written somewhere around 945 B.C. And chapter 12 is the last chapter of the book, which means that there were 11 chapters before this. And Solomon says, at the end of the day, we need to consider some things. He says, I know I wrote a whole bunch of stuff. I've given you all these instructions. You know, I, I've, I've spent some time telling you some things but after I've said all of that, this is the bottom line. But see, before we can get to the bottom line, before we can get to the conclusion, we got to ask ourselves, well, why should we even listen to Solomon? What makes this dude an authority on the bottom line? Well, let's talk about what makes him an authority. In Ecclesiastes 1.1, the very beginning of the book, Solomon introduces himself by saying, the words of the teacher, the son of David, the king in Jerusalem. Now, he writes this when it's a lot later in his reign. And so we're not talking about a young buck. We're talking about somebody who is sitting in his rocking chair and he's thinking back over life. And so he says, I'm going to drop some jewels on you. He starts off by saying, I devoted myself to study and to explore wisdom. And all that was done under heaven. But then after he says that in Ecclesiastes 1 and 13, he follows that up by saying, 
all of this stuff was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. So Solomon says, I'd spent all my time studying and I had acquired great knowledge and and wisdom. But then he realized that knowledge without God was empty. This is the man who wrote Proverbs and Song of Solomon and, and Ecclesiastes, as I mentioned earlier. And there are so many people who spend all their time learning and trying to grow and better themselves. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Education is a wonderful thing. But it can't replace living a life for God. And so Solomon said, education ain't the crux of the matter. Then in Ecclesiastes 5.10, he says, whoever loves money never has enough. He says, whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. This too is meaningless. Now, Solomon had 12,000 horses and 1,400 chariots. He had gold and silver, precious metal, precious stones. If he lived in the 21st century, my guess is that Solomon would have had a crib on the East Coast in New York or Manhattan, maybe a condo. Then he would have had a mansion out in L.A. Then you know you're not really balling until you got something in Miami. And then he might have had something over the water in Dubai. If you... Uh, went over to his garage and you, and you picked up or pulled up the garage door, you might see a G-Wagon or you may see a, a Lucid Air or a Bentley or maybe maybe a Navigator. Maybe if you went into his closet, you'd see him wearing Balenciaga and Louis Vuitton, Prada and Dior. And if you look down at his feet, my guess is that he'd probably have on a brand new pair of Gucci slides. You know, money, luxury and exorbitant lifestyles Those are the things that have become a a standard that's considered success in this day and age. And so that's why we got young men who are holding a brick of cash up to their ear to take pictures and pose with them. Or they fan the cash out and they hold it up so that everybody can think that they're balling. That's why young ladies flock to OnlyFans so that they can show their body off to be able to make a buck. But Solomon is saying that... Money is important, but the love of money, he's saying, you know, I've had it all, y'all, and yet it's not that important when there's no God in our lives. And so he says, education ain't the crux and exorbitance, meaning lots and lots of money, that ain't the crux. But then in Ecclesiastes 2, 10 and 11, he says this, he says, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart, no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my work, and this was the reward for all my labor. But then in verse 11, he says, Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done, and when I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. This man says, I didn't deny myself anything. I placed no restrictions on myself. I did what I wanted to do. Solomon was hanging out, drinking Henny and and being that dude. He was probably elbowing his boy and pointing to a woman across the room and saying, yo, I want her. Go get her for me. He probably walked into stores and was like, how much? Pulled out a, a brick from his pocket and slammed it on the counter and said, give me 10. And yet, 
Solomon said. This is meaningless. I know some of you may be saying, well, I'd rather be rich and go through some stuff than to go through some stuff broke. But in the words of the notorious B.I.G., more money, more problems. I've talked to more people who you would think would be happy or joyful because all is going their way financially. And there's a reason why people who are well off take their lives or take substances. It's also important to note that Solomon had 700, hear me, 700 wives and 300 concubines. Solomon liked women. He was caught up in beauty. I, I call that earthliness. You know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be somebody who's easy on the eyes, who looks good, who's healthy or what have you. But if we're running through women like Solomon was or, or, or for our women out there, if you're running through men, if we're traveling across the globe, not for vacations, but for cosmetic surgery or if we're always in the gym, if we're doing all of this before grabbing hold of him, of God, then we're still going to miss the bottom line of life. So Solomon says, education ain't the crux. He says, exorbitance ain't the crux. A lot of money. And he says, earthliness ain't the crux. Being able to do whatever you want to do and get with whoever you want to get with. And so when Solomon says, I got something to say, this is a man who's been there, who's experienced it. And now he's saying, listen to me, y'all. Yeah, it ain't all that is cracked up to be. We should know the crux of the matter. So now that we know why we should listen to Solomon, here is the crux of the matter. We should know the crux of the matter, but the crux of the matter is this. We should know that Christ is the master. We should know that Christ is the master. Verse 13 says, fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. Fear God and keep his commandments. What is the bottom line? We got to fear God and keep his commandments. That is our duty. That is why we are here. It says, for it is the whole duty of man. It ain't part of why we're here. It is the whole reason why we exist. And so the question is, how are we lining up with his commands? Is he pleased with how we're living? You know, are, are we living for him or are we living for those other things? And I need you to pause and consider for a moment because this, this isn't a rhetorical question. I'm not waiting for you to answer me, but I'm waiting for you to answer yourself. Think through it. Is Christ the master of my life? Is he the single most important person? Is he the focal point of our lives? Do we think about him most? What is it that occupies most of our mind space? Do we think about a lover or a family member or a drug or a drink or a job or business? You know, maybe our minds are occupied by the problems and issues that we have. Maybe we find that we're always thinking about the challenges that we're facing. And if that's the case, you, you got to think about it. If that's the case, then he ain't the master. The problem is. And so the problem has us all tied up. 
you know, the loss of our loved one that we still haven't gotten over. That that can become the master. The the financial situation that we haven't gotten through yet, that can become a master. The the drug addicted child or spouse that we that we're watching waste away, that could be the master, the unfair boss that's forever riding us on the job could be the master, that health situation that we're dealing with as we continue to go to from doctor to doctor to doctor, that can become the master. Now, these are situations that are knock the wind out of us, and these are the situations that will absolutely get the best of us. But today, remind yourself, we should know that Christ is the master. Because remember, he has cattle on a thousand hills. Remember, he is the creator and the sustainer. He's what they call a bomb in Gilead. He can resurrect, restore, and he can rehabilitate whatever's going on in your life. He is the master. And so what is the bottom line? Well, we should know the crux of the matter. And that is that we should know that Christ is the master. Heavenly Father, we come before you today saying that it doesn't matter what's going on in our lives. It doesn't matter what we're dealing with. It doesn't matter where we are or where we aren't. What matters is that we fear you and that we follow your commandments. We may not be where we want to be. We may not have accomplished all that we want to accomplish. But today, right now, we can live according to our purpose because our purpose the whole reason for our lives is to fear you and to live for you. And so we ask that you would equip us for that. Heal us, Heavenly Father. We're asking that you would strengthen us. We're asking that you would guide us. The things that we say, the things that we do, take over that sinful nature. Help us to not allow education and exorbitance and earthliness to define who we are. Finally, Heavenly Father, we always say that we haven't always been what you've asked us to be. We're sorry, Lord. Forgive us, wipe us clean, and make us so that we can once again step out into this world and be about your bottom line. All these things we ask in your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ's name we pray, and all of the Trifle Ones said, Amen.